Welcome back to Jay Tendencies. I am your host, Jay Suave. And I'm Jay Reese. And if y'all tuned in last week, thank you for tuning in again. We are on the topic of sports this week. And the Rangers ended up winning their, winning the World Series 4-1. to one. And I know if you're a Dallas native or just a Rangers fan in general, you're probably the most happy you've ever been because this is the Rangers' first World Series ever. How do you feel about that, Jay? Yeah, like you said, this is their first World Championship in franchise history, you know. Being from Dallas, you know, I'm not a real baseball fan, like a real big baseball fan. Yeah, it's not like nothing like the mm-hmm. Yankees or the yeah. Red Sox. Or but um, I do have a personal connection with the um, Texas Rangers, so um, that's not something I want to go into today. But I just want to say, you know, it's really exciting, you know, um, having that happen in our city. Unfortunately, we weren't able to make the um, parade, which I heard was, you know, bumping. I had a couple friends out there, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I saw some people at work, some parents talking about how exciting that was, you know, that they were able to attend. So, you know, I think it's just great for our city, you know, um, for Dallas. You know, even though it's the Texas Rangers, you know, they don't lie like the Dallas Cowboys. You know, they're in Arlington. The Dallas, not in Dallas. But, um, yeah, that was, the raid was bumping in Arlington. Most definitely. And, um, it's 750,000 people. That's insane. Crazy. Then they were doing, you know, they didn't have a bus like, you know, regular sports. It was real Texas. They were rolling around in trucks and stuff like I that. Know. You know. So someone get Big X out there, bro. We from Texas. But, I mean, I- I- anyways, we're going to go ahead and recap the NBA this week. There's been some big players. We- we've had some teams start off slow. I know, Jaden, you're kind of worried about the Heat so far. Mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about my team. We're 5-0. and <sighs> But I kind of want to hear about your thoughts about the Miami Heat so far. Yeah, man, we're 2-4 and four right now, which is not ideal. You know, um, coming off a of finals run, you know, we obviously didn't improve like we wanted to because, you know, we wanted Dame in the offseason. We didn't get Dame. And, you know, one of the big things, that because we wanted to clear some cap space so we can go try and get Dame, is that we let go of a lot of our really good role players. You know, yeah. um, Gabe Vincent's not doing a lot right now in L.A., but Max Schuess is pretty um, – he's been pretty decent right now for the Cavaliers. You know, um, so those are the kind of guys that we do are missing right now in Miami. Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler have been really um, pretty good this season, but the re- rest of the pieces need to start clicking. You know, we need some of the role players to go off. You know, Thomas Bryant's playing pretty good. Um, Hawkes is playing pretty okay off the bench. I don't think he's cracked 10 points yet, but, you know, he is a rookie. You know, he's getting um, his minutes off the bench looking pretty um, pretty good. You know, the other night he made a start. He had a starting game, but, you know, um, he was trying to – they were trying to make him play outside of his comfort zone. You know, he's trying to play more like Jimmy. Because um, that's, you know, he, he looked after, he looked up to, you know, who he had idolized his game after. Mm-hmm. So um, him going out there and trying to shoot threes and stuff like that, you know, which isn't his game, um, is not something you want to do. Duncan Robinson, you know, he's on and off, you know, consist- not consistent. But, you know, he's stepped up really well on the defensive end of the ball, which is I'm surprised to see because, you know, when he was, you know, one of the best shooters in the league at one point, he got that big contract. His de- his, the biggest liability of him was the defensive side of the ball. So having to see him um, improve on the defensive side of the ball is really refreshing. You know, people in Miami, uh, I know you're not a Miami fan, but Miami fans, every time um, Duncan's having a good game, it's always Duncan Robinson's birthday, they say, because he's always having a um, because he had went crazy one year on his birthday, and now every time he goes, like, crazy from the three, he's like, happy birthday, Duncan Robinson. But, um, yeah, Jimmy's averaging 17 points per game, seven rebounds. You would want to see more offense from Jimmy right now. Bam is um, averaging 21 points per game, also seven rebounds. But Bam has looked pretty, really, really good this season. I'm really proud of what he's doing. Tyler Hero is um, 26 points per game, six rebounds, and five assists. You know, Tyler was like, "Y'all are gonna let me go? Let me show y'all what I got in me." And Tyler's been going real, looking really good. 
picking like the best player on our team so far this season. You know, aside from the first game where he started off a little bit slow, but um, you know that was the first game. But now that we've now it's been like a week or two since the season started. You know, we saw him after getting that second win in the in season tournament. Tyler Rowe is looking like a real stud in this lineup, and um, he's making us regret ever trying to trade him away. Well, let's talk about your Celtics, man. How are you feeling about your Celtics? I know they're starting 5-0, and but I want to hear what you have to say about it. I mean, who can really compete with us, man? I mean, <clears throat> it's just one of those things. You go out and get a top-tier defender in Drew Holiday, blockbuster trade for him, and you got Chris Epps Porzingis. This is really just kind of what you expect for your team, especially coming off of a season where you lose a heartbreaking loss in Game 7. Your star player gets injured. And who knows if they would have won that same game, even if he didn't get injured. But it was just a thing like, if the Celtics want to win, this is going to be their year to win it. Mm -hmm. They got two new guys on the team who are key pieces to this team. Derek White has looked as good as he has in the last two years. And just, you got Jason Tatum, he's averaging 32 points, 10 rebounds, and around, like, I think, four assists. Mm -hmm. So him being able to go out there, do this stuff for his team, and being able to, he just won Player of the Week, too, Eastern Conference Player of the Week. He had Steph with Western Conference Player of the Week. They're just playing amazing. And, you know, Jalen Brown is doing Jalen Brown things. So just knowing that this team is starting off 5-0, and this team is going 82-0 and until further notice. And I'm telling you all this now. But I really don't feel like there's a team that can even try to compete with it. Mm -hmm. And just even going into that, I know the Bucks started off 3-2. and two. Mm -hmm. They don't look too good. They had really bad losses yeah. to the Hawks and the Raptors. But I know some people are saying, oh, they need more time. They need more time. But... Giannis has been in the league since, what, 2014. Mm -hmm. Giannis has proved himself. Yeah. I know that. Dame has also proved himself. Maybe they just need more time together. But it's just this team isn't the same defensively mm -hmm. either. So, Because yeah. they did lose a key piece in Drew Holiday going for, the Dame, for going for Dame. So, um, But I really think timing is really important between those two because you do have these two star caliber players, you know, and Dame is coming from, like, where – back in Portland where he didn't have really no help, yeah. right? Now he has one of the best players in the league right by him. So he has, it's a little bit of adjustment period, especially getting traded so late in the offseason. So they didn't have the whole offseason to, um, you know, build that chemistry and um, build that connection that, you know, other stars and duos have in the league. So he definitely does need a little bit more time. But, you know, last game, the first, season, the first game of the in-season tournament, which, you know, to be completely honest, I still don't have exactly – um, a hundred percent clue about how it's working, you know, but um, Dame played really well. He had thirty points, four assists, four rebounds. In the last minute of the game, he had a um, clutch three to put him over the top and a layup to extend the lead. That ultimately ended up um, letting them lock up the win against the Knicks. So I really think that, given a little bit more time, um, those two will really build that connection that you know many people thought they would have, yeah. you know, going into the season. The Knicks be giving everybody a run for their money, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, if, if it if it wasn't for Tatum going crazy in the end of that game, the Celtics would be four and one. <laughs> yeah, the Knicks are two and four, but you know it's like not not looking too bad. You yeah. Know. Um, I still want to go back on the Bucks though. Like, just going back on the defense that they had, they were ranked fourth in defense last season. Mm -hmm. You know, you got Giannis, you got Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis is really underrated this year too. I mean, he's been underrated. Bobby Portis definitely looking good this year. 
But being ranked fourth in defense last season, you lose Drew and you go down to 25th. Mm-hmm. I know it's been six games, yeah, but that's something you want to start off high on because if you start off that that low on defense, there's 30 teams in the NBA. You're not going to jump that high that quickly. There's only 82 games, and I know that like seems like a lot, but at the same time, you're playing every two days. So, mm-hmm. And you'd think that if you – got worse on defense, you get better on offense. Mm-hmm. But that hasn't even helped either. They they had a better offensive rating last year than they have this year. Yeah. While the Celtics have the best offensive rating in the NBA. <laughs> Come on now, boy. Man. Hey, all I know is just give it time. Celtics we'll have a, we'll see another Celtics Miami um Eastern Conference Finals. I'm calling it now. We'll see we'll see the Celtics. Really? We'll see Miami. Just trust the process. Hey, never count out Jimmy and Spo. Coach Spo know what he's doing. But um, let's talk about the Lakers, right? Because we talked about Gabe Benson a little bit earlier when we were talking about Miami. Mm-hmm. But um, the Lakers are looking really good, you know, with their stars, with LeBron and AD. And they're looking – they really need just a little bit more help um, from their role players. You know, last game against the Magic and the game before that against the Clippers, you know, against the Clippers, LeBron had 35 points, 12 rebounds, and 7 assists, which is crazy. You know, year 20 um, – year 21 – He's still going out doing that. But um, last year, Reeves, LeBron, and AD, they played really good against the Magic. But the role players need to step up. You know, Like I said, Gabe Vincent, who was a key part of us making that finals push in the playoffs last year, he's averaging six points per game this year, and he did not play the last two games. So um, we definitely need to see him step it up and um, also those other role players step it up. You know, you see those memes online. You know, uh, these role players look amazing on other teams. They play with LeBron, and all of a sudden – Forget how to play the game of basketball. So what do you think about the Lakers so far? I mean, they they just started off, what, 3-3. Three and three, mm-hmm. And I think they can definitely do better. I mean, losing by 19 points to the Magic yeah. is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And whenever they're missing guys, they miss one of their best guys in Wendell Carter Jr. But just... Just in general, having the magic drop 120 on you is should not happen. And I know the same thing happened. I think the Celtics played the magic three times last season and lost all three. So I, I know what it's like. And I was like, dang, the Celtics ain't never going to beat these guys. But there's been times where the Lakers have stepped up as a team. They just beat the Clippers by five not so long ago. We talked about it last week. And they've already beat the Magic this season by three. Mm-hmm. So it was just a thing like it. you got to take your struggles with a grain of salt, go to practice, get better every day. I don't know, Anthony Davis was talking about it. He was lamenting on L.A.'s struggles. So just with that squad, man, I feel like LeBron can't be the best player on mm-hmm. that team. In year 21. In year yeah. 21, you should not be the best player on that team if you want to go out and win a championship. Mm-hmm. And you got... Anthony Davis should be the one yeah, <laughs> running over in L.A., yeah. you feel me? Bron should just be there. Uh, of course he's going to get his buckets, but whenever they think star player, whenever they think who runs L.A., mm-hmm. they're going to say Anthony Davis and the Lakers, mm-hmm. you feel me? Yeah, you definitely, um, especially with you know some of those wins, you know, A.D. Did, <laughs> did step up. You know, they got really good promising wins against, you know, the Suns who are uh, – um, who are a favorite in the in the West, and they had another good win against the Clippers, like we had said. But then you look at some of their losses, which were pretty close losses against um, some really good teams, against the Nuggets and the Kings. You know, the mm-hmm. Kings 
um, brought Golden State to seven in um, the playoffs in round one last year. So you can't count the Kings out. Um, and they lost in overtime in that game. So, you know, it's really um, them getting it. Because once they get it all together, once AD finally takes over, once those role players finally get going in that lineup, you know, hopefully after this game that they are coming that they have coming up. Because, you know, I don't want them to put it, get it together against Miami. So um, yeah, after, they, they just got to get over the hump. Yeah, man. after the Miami game, y'all get it together and then – that's um, crazy after, after the Miami game. <laughs> after the Miami game, we need a little, we need a little push right there. But yeah, man. I mean, and the Dave is averaging twenty six points, thirteen rebounds. He he'll definitely be one of them ones. But most of the teams just got to step up, make sure that everyone can just lock in together mm-hmm. and get over the hump and start winning games by more than five. You yeah. feel me? So. Let's talk about some um, some of the stuff that happened this weekend in the NFL, right? First thing I want to say is Daniel Jones. I feel bad for him, right? I gave Don- Daniel Jones a lot of slack last week when we were talking about Tyra Taylor. Mm-hmm. But um, Daniel Jones just tore his ACL, right? And he just came off of a neck injury. So, you know, right coming right back off an of injury and then tearing your ACL again. Um, that I feel bad for him, you know, because... You know, a lot of people have been, you know, pretty down on Daniel Jones all season. So he was looking to, you know, come back out of the injury and be like, hey, I deserve this money. Let me show you what I got. And then he goes out there and tears ACL. Yeah. So um, this is going to be a lot more a lot more negative feedback put on him because he wasn't able to stay healthy. And then they're going to be looking at what he was able to do when he was healthy. And then um, a lot of a lot of stuff is going to happen against him in the media um, in the coming weeks or, you know, months. But, yeah, I definitely feel you. It's going to be one of those things where the Giants are definitely going to start scouting QBs mm-hmm. in the offseason. And it, it sucks that this happened in week nine of the NFL season. They only have eight weeks left. So it's just one of those things talking about, I mean, you got a lot of guys coming out of this draft class. So the way that the Giants are going to look in, it, it's sad for Daniel Jones I understand it, but these things happen, and, and I get it's it's still one of those things. I feel like it's the turf, so mm-hmm. they need to play on grass, and especially him coming out of the out of the injury prone stuff. Like he just missed what three games, mm-hmm. so missing three games, coming out, he's like, let me prove myself, I'm finally back, and just not being able to do that, it takes a toll on your mental health too. And I know that because he was already getting bashed on. Since week one, since they lost to the Cowboys like forty-two yeah. to six, and I mean, it, it, it's just really bad for my. I really, I really feel for Daniel Jones. I honestly thought this would be one of his last years in New York anyway, but it mm-hmm. sucks that this is how it had to end. Yeah, um, let's talk about your boys over there in Carolina. You know, Bryce Young struggled again today. You know, after having a pretty good game against the Texans, you know, who just had a great win against the Buccaneers. He went out there and threw three interceptions. Two of them were pick sixes to Kenny Moore the second. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Kenny Moore, too, got two touchdowns um, yesterday. So what do you feel about Bryce Young right now and that Panthers offense and that Panthers team as a whole, you know, after the trade deadline and after y'all had that, um, you, what you thought would have been a promising win against the Texans, and then y'all go out there and do that against the Colts? Yeah, man. I mean, it was obviously – a really terrible game, and the two pick sixes, you can't defend them. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Like, they went straight to Kenny Moore, and the reason why they were touchdowns is because there was nobody else there. So it's just one of those things, like, like 
I feel I know Bryce is a rookie, but at the same time, there are things to where this shouldn't happen. And after the game, he was like, I got to get better. I got to get better. And I, I definitely feel the same way. He's got to mm-hmm. get better. But at the same time, I feel like half the time it's also a coaching problem. You got Frank Reich calling play. I mean, he's not calling plays mm-hmm. anymore. But it's just one of those things where if a team only has 13 points in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and you have three yeah. against the Colts team, which has let up 35-plus in the mm-hmm. last four weeks. Every single game they've let up 35-plus in the last four weeks. And we go out there and put up 13 points, and it didn't even matter. Kenny Moore had two touchdowns, and Bryce Young had one. <laughs> like, like, the crazy thing is, though, um, I know there's a big difference from college to the NFL, but a lot of these picks and these interceptions and these bad um, decisions that Bryce Young are making, he wasn't making under Bill, um, not Bill, Bill Check, um, under Nick Saban up in Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. Because in Alabama, he was a Heisman winner. He was, you know, he was one of the be- best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, in the college football. Um, so that's why he was drafted number one overall, because he had that talent and that skills skill set. So, you know, seeing him play this poorly at, um, in the NFL, how does it, I wouldn't say it's surprising because we have seen this before yeah. with other quarterbacks, but it's like something you wouldn't expect from Bryce Young. Yeah. He's just one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, too. But I do want to touch on the defense. And the Demons were able to hold the Colts to 198 yards this game and three and a half yards per play. That is a season low for the Colts. And I've been t- I've been talking about this Carolina defense all year, not necessarily on the pod, but I feel like over the last few years, whenever we've had our five and eleven years, whenever we've had our what's it called seven and ten year last year, our defense was kind of our only bright spot. And you can even tell in the second half, the offense scored. One touchdown, the Colts almost scored one touchdown in a total of 50 yards on 18 plays, and we were able to get them off the field consistently. But whenever your offense is out on the field and can't score, whenever you truly need it, that it just can't happen, bro. And hopefully Bryce Young gets it together. It won't happen this year. Hopefully we win more than one game. But, I mean, hopefully that just happens, and by next year he'll be straight. <laughs> so, yeah. Just hoping for better, especially what's it called, us being one and seven, bro. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any teams that you want to talk about um, from the last week before we get to our um, topics of the uh, week? I actually do, and I talk about this team every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens, and they're on a four-game winning streak, thirty-seven to three win, week nine against the Seattle Seahawks, and. Even with the Seattle Seahawks, I, I remember talking about them last week. They were first in the NFC West whenever the 49ers lost. And just Lamar Jackson playing mistake-free football, too. And I know they won by 34 points, and Lamar Jackson had, like, nine fantasy mm-hmm. points. But like, <laughs> And just being able to being able to win games. And I don't want to call him a game manager, but this man is, like, you just won by 34 <laughs> points by being a game manager. So, like... People who say he can't do it or he doesn't have the arm to do it, well, this team just did it. And Jackson, Lamar Jackson was 21 for 26, 187 yards and no touchdowns. But the more important part was no turnovers either. Mm-hmm. So, And then I also would actually like to talk about the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I always this happens every year. We see Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs come out 
every season firing off all cylinders. You'll see Josh Allen get like 300, 400 yards per game. But then as you go through the year, the offense devolves. And they aren't drafting guys to help either. Yeah. And like nobody from their draft classes has even like narrowly helped this team at all. And I just feel like Sean McDermott, Dorsey, hasn't been able to construct a team that can take pressure off of their two superstars or mm-hmm. two heroes of the team. Yeah. So. In the last couple of years, you know, the Bills have won that division. You know, the year, last year, the year before that, um, I think the year before that as well. You know, I haven't seen ever since um, Josh Allen and the Bills acquired Stephon Diggs. I don't think I've ever seen them play this poorly over a stretch of games, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, we're halfway through the season, you know, and I really thought they would be playing better, right? I really thought that um, Josh Allen would be playing at an MVP-type level this season, you know, um, bouncing off feedback of his performance in the playoffs last year because, you know, he didn't play very well in the playoffs last year. And then um, a lot of people are going to bring it up, like, it's a Madden curse, you know, because he's on the cover of Madden. But um, it's some it's some way more deep than that because I don't know what it is, but Josh Allen just is kind of – just doesn't look like himself out there right now. You know, he's he's like he'll have those spurts where he looks as great as he is. Yeah. But then you'll see him turn the ball over. Like he hasn't been known to turn the ball over, but a lot of these turnovers that he's had this year are just like throws you don't make. Like you you're in your what is it, year five or something like mm-hmm. that, and you're making these bad decisions, throwing these bad passes into horrible pockets. You know. So I feel like um, definitely Josh Allen needs to be better. Stephon Diggs, you know, I feel still think Stephon Diggs is playing really great, still playing at the elite level. Yeah, there's not much you can do whenever your quarterback isn't getting you the ball. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's kind of to the point where if Josh Allen doesn't play perfect, mm-hmm. this team doesn't look the same. Yeah. And that shouldn't happen because I know a lot of QBs aren't perfect, but the team will still look good. Like you see Jalen Hurts on one leg, mm-hmm. and they they still win by five, but – even just speaking on the Bills, whenever Josh Allen isn't throwing for 350, 23 for 25, four touchdowns, the team doesn't look the same. So, and even you just really can't do much whenever you got guys who aren't getting the ball and the offensive line isn't that good either. So, it I, maybe just the coaching thing needs to change, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see about it. All right, let's go ahead and get into our first topic of the day. You know, even though we did, we, our real first topic is that weekly recap, we went real deep into that. Um, the Raiders had a dominating win against the Giants. You know, um, do you think that the Raiders have found their head coach of the future um, with their interim head coach? I mean, I feel like it's kind of early to say. The same thing happened with them back in 2021 where they turned to Rich Bisakia. I'm pretty sure that's his last name, but – Remember that whole thing, and whenever Rich led them to the playoffs, everybody was like, this should be their head coach. And just Mark Davis was just like, nah. (laughs) So Mark Davis went out and ended up getting Josh McDaniels. Didn't end up working out, but I feel like as a coach, if you're willing to run through a wall for this man, and I I definitely feel like he – I still feel like it's too early to say – but by the end of the season, the Raiders are second in their division right now. So if they can find a way to keep winning games, they their next game isn't too tough, I don't think, but I know they play the Detroit Lions in two weeks. But if they can keep up their momentum, they just won 30-6. to six. 
But if these guys are ready to run through a wall for Antonio Pierce, then so be it. If they're able to keep winning games, I, I guess it doesn't have to be in dominating fashion. Mm-hmm. Like they did against the Giants, who I still believe are the worst team in the league. But it, if they're willing, then so be it. Yeah, man. I think um, I agree with you with what you said at the end. I don't think it's too early to say just because, you know, Antonio Pierce has that energy. Watching that first presser that he had, you know, um, coming out of like right after Josh McDaniels was fired, you know, he was representing, you know, Raiders culture. Like, hey, he's like, um, I don't know what we were doing before, but, you know, we're not an organization that wants to lose, you know, we believe that we can be up there with the best teams. When he was firing it up, I was feeling fired up. I'm not even a Raiders fan. I know yeah. your dad's a Raiders fan. So he was probably getting pumped up by, you know, listening to Antonio Pierce speak. But um, just hearing what the players also have said, you know, that atmosphere after the game, you definitely see a bit of a um, a bit of a change, you know, in in um, the demeanor. Yeah, exactly. Of how the how the team feels, right? Yeah. With Josh McDaniels, they were all, you know, I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know what's going on. But that right after he was fired, you know, I mean, Antonio Pierce got promoted to the um, head coach for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, you saw them, you know, um, kind of come alive, you know. And this these players are ready to run through a wall for this player, for this head coach. And this team is just motivated that they weren't like how they weren't before. You know, all they although they played the Giants without Daniel Jones, you know, they scored the most points that they have all season. They had the most rushing guards that they have had all season. You know, so I definitely think that um, he should be the front runner for the head coaching job going forward just because I think he's already building a culture in that one week that he's had with the mm-hmm. Raiders organization um, as the head coach. And I think if he's able to continue to build upon that, you know, we'll have like a real another another Dan Campbell kind of situation where, you know, he's just building his own culture over there. And, you know, the, the team, the fan base are really going to vibe with it and mess with it. Yeah, most definitely. And even speaking on Dan Campbell, Raiders winning 30-6. to six. They won by 24 points. This is the most points an interim coach has won since Dan Campbell, since he became interim head coach. And they ended up winning by 28 points. I can't remember who it was against, but they ended up winning by 28. And I also want to put this out there. And I remember this last year, whenever the Panthers ended up firing Matt Rule in the middle of the season, we upgraded Steve Wilkes to interim head coach. And it was a thing where I wanted him to stay head coach because the guys were ready to run through a wall for that guy. Mm-hmm. And whenever your guys love you as coach, I mean, the Panthers ended up winning, what, five out of their last seven games. And that was probably, like, the best two months <laughs> I've ever had for in, in the NFL season for the last couple of years. But it, it was kind of odd whenever they decided to move on with him. I really didn't think they would. Like, I knew Frank Reich would have been a good candidate, but, like, I feel like a coach that gets fired in the middle of the season by their team, hence Frank Reich, uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like at the same time it's – he shouldn't be your front runner, I guess, because there's a reason why he got fired. And just – they, I feel like they definitely should have kept Steve Wilkes. I feel like the Panthers would have been in a way better situation, mm-hmm. especially with guys they're already familiar with. Seabooks has been with you, but, I mean, he got a better job down in San Francisco. So we'll, we'll definitely see see about that. <clears throat> All right. Next thing I want to talk about, you know, we got two quarterbacks here, right? Mm-hmm. I got to ask you two simple questions, right? Is C.J. Stroud him, and is Josh Dobbs also him? Let's start off with C.J. Stroud. Yes, 
You know I think he's him. I'm an Ohio State fan. I'll, I'll never I'll never be against Stroud. And him, they, they ended up playing, who was it again? The, the Buccaneers? Yeah, the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. I, I'm over here about to switch both mm-hmm. <laughs> Dobbs and CJ. They ended up playing the Buccaneers. It was just a crazy game. I mean, they had less than 50 seconds on the board. And CJ Stroud goes down there and narrates every single play. And I I also even want to touch on Tank Dell. Like, this man, two, two, three big catches on the last drive of the game, including, did he have the touchdown? Or was it someone sure. else? I'm pretty sure he had the touchdown. And that was just one of the craziest things I saw. Like, whenever whenever Baker Mayfield led that team down to go score, I was like, dang, that might be over, mm-hmm. like, for real. Because I'm not saying that Baker's for real like that, but I just didn't think C.J. Stroud had it in him to take it over 70 yards as a rookie quarterback. <laughs> as a rookie. And was, the craziest part was they put the camera on him after they scored. Mm-hmm. Bro, ain't even crack a smile. <laughs> like, bro, <laughs> and Tank Dell was over here so hyped. And Tank Dell was just running around, but I don't even think he smiled either. But they kept putting the camera on CJ Stroud. He was just like, yeah, but he was looking like Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. out there. <laughs> like, what? And it was just like, CJ Stroud is definitely in for that. And on the season, 2,270 yards, 14 touchdowns, one pick. Like, mm-hmm. if this team wasn't, what, 4-4, four and four, yeah. we'd be having some serious conversations. Yeah. Um, CJ Stroud, easily the front runner. Most likely 100%, like 85 90% chance he wins um, Rookie of the Year. Right. Um, the only other guy that was in that conversation before was Puka Nakua, and then you know um, I just think CJ Stroud just has that over him. You know, mm-hmm. this game 470 um, passing yards, five passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, 147.8 passer rating. Like that's incredible, right? As a rookie quarterback, that's the um, record-setting, you know, highest passer rating that a rookie quarterback has ever had. I think he had another record. I don't, I don't think it was yards. Was it touchdowns that he had? What was the most for uh, passing um, touchdowns for a rookie quarterback? I am pretty sure it was. Yeah, like, was good. He he had five touchdowns with no picks, mm-hmm. which tied the record that Big Ben has. Yeah, like bro was phenomenal. Bro was already um, a top ten quarterback in the league. I'm not probably. And the only thing is, he's a rookie, so he's only gonna get better. Like every year, he's gonna get better, and which is just incredible, right? So um, I definitely think that C.J. Stroud is easily him. Right, if like if anyone that was out of him before the um, season started, which includes me, right? Um, we, we were wrong. Like I said, we were wrong. You know, um, I don't know why we ever doubted him. Probably because those test scores were so bad. We, we, my bad, not you. Not you. I know you weren't. <laughs> I know you weren't. A lot of people were though, because you know beforehand there weren't a lot of great Ohio State quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the NFL. You know, the best one was Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow doesn't claim Ohio State. He claims LSU. You know, so not um, that he doesn't come Ohio State. LSU fans don't like the fact that Ohio State. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. It, it's just fans that say because Joe Burrow uh-huh. is from Ohio himself. So, so um, yeah, definitely him. And Josh Dobbs. Let's go ahead and talk about Josh Dobbs. 158 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, 66 rushing touch, um, rushing yards, and one touchdown. That's 224 yards and three total touchdowns. Like, geez, bro. Like, bro got traded to the Minnesota. On Wednesday, he had like a four-day turnaround. He didn't even know all his players' names yet. He was in the huddles asking the O-linemen about protections. He didn't know what to call. 
And then he went out there um, once the rookie quarterback went down with concussion. Mm-hmm. He took over. He led him to a win. He's had a very good season so far. But, you know, seeing him flip that switch, because, you know, he's really smart. He's an aerospace engineer. So, um, he, like, he's, he's a very intelligent guy. So even though he didn't have the playbook, you know, 100% locked down, he was able to go out there, make the reads, make those rec- good decisions out there. And just ball, you know, that was just straight ball, like, cause he ain't know the playoffs. It wasn't, it wasn't odd, nothing like that. Yeah. He was, he's out there balling, bro. And he, even talking about him, it's just like you go out there, you don't know any of your teammates' names, and being the first player in NFL history to total three touchdowns in two weeks on two different teams, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things we'll pro- we probably won't see again for a minute. And just seeing Josh Dobbs do that, he doesn't even know the playbook. Ended up with 66 rushing yards. And have those rushing yards coming off scrambles because he doesn't know what mm-hmm. people are running. And he had a – I'm pretty sure he had a touchdown off on the ground too, right? Yeah, one rushing touchdown. Yeah, one rushing touchdown on the ground. And it's just like he just looks fearless out there. Like he doesn't have anything to lose, which he doesn't. Because if you're playing well and you end up getting traded in week eight, that means you really have mm-hmm. nothing to lose. But, I mean, it was probably best for him – I mean, he got what's it called? He tra- got traded from a one in seven team right mm-hmm. now, even though Kyler's coming back next week. So it might have just been the best thing for him in general. But with Kirk out for the year and the rookie quarterback going down for the Minnesota Vikings, I mean, this is probably his best decision. The NFC North isn't that good of a division this year, besides the Detroit Lions. So depending with those three wild card spots mm-hmm. that the playoff is going to have. And with the Vikings winning four in a row, and imagine Josh Dobbs keep learning the playbook, mm-hmm. keep learning to know his guys. We could we could be having some crazy conversations. The NFC North, maybe even the NFC could just be in trouble. Yeah, it's really hard to root against Josh Dobbs, man. Yeah, it's hard, too. All right, let's get into what I'm ready to talk about. I'm excited. <laughs> you know, Dallas versus Philly, <laughs> round one. You know, um, just... Mind if I go first? You know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Go ahead, bro. All right. Philadelphia, you already know what we had. We had Jalen Hurts out there on one leg. You know, he got banged up at the half. And we didn't know if Marcus Mariota was going to come out. I was ready to cry if Marcus Mariota came out, sort of throwing passes for us. But Jalen Hurts came out, threw 207 passing yards, um, two passing touchdowns, 130.2 passer rating, with 36 yards on the ground with a rushing touchdown on 23 pass attempts. Um, he was out there, you know, looking great. A.J. Brown had a receiving touchdown. He threw a deep ball beautifully down the sideline to Devontae Smith in the back of the end zone over to Ron Bland. Um, Brandon Graham on the defense side of the ball also had 100, one, uh, not 100, 1.5 sacks. Um, Hassan Reddick had one sack. Um, Josh Sweat had one sack. And Dean Carter and um, Fletcher Cox all had half a sack. You know, so that defensive line was getting there. You know, they were applying pressure. Dak did a really great job at, you know, extending plays with his legs, moving out of the pocket and whatnot. But um, the one thing that I would say that, that um, Philly really struggled with this game was that secondary, right? Mm-hmm. That secondary let Dak pass for 374 yards when the um, D-line, was they weren't playing the best, but they were getting pressure on Dak, right? Um, Hassan, not Hassan, Josh Sweat is now tied with Micah Parsons for the most pressures on a quarterback in the league. You know, Josh Sweat is having a really underrated season. But Eli, um, Eli Ricks, Kevin Byard, and Sidney Brown were targeted 11 times yesterday. They gave up a catch and a first down on every one of those single targets. Sheesh. Like, um, we really thought, like, uh, but me, uh, me and um, 
there's come out a couple of other friends that are also Eagles friends, uh, Eagles fans. You know, the past couple of weeks we saw Eli Ricks go out there and he was playing really well. So we we're like, okay, let's put him in that starting lineup. He got in that starting lineup and you know, C.D. Lamb showed him that you know this is this is um, a veteran game. You know, you need a little bit more experience to go out there and guard him. And then um, the one player that did really good, you know, guarding C.D. Lamb all game was Darius Slay. But Darius Slay wasn't following him all game. So that really led to him getting um, – he had 200 receiving yards, 191 to be exact, and on 11 receptions. Um, Jake Ferguson had 91 yards on seven receptions and a touchdown. Dak had 374 passing yards, three touchdowns, and uh, 115.2 passer rating. So on 44 um, pass attempts. So I think Dak did play really well. I'll say that. I'm not going to hate on Dak today. You know, I know I am – not a big fan of Dak, you know, as a quarterback, but he did play really well yesterday. You know, probably people say it's his fault that they lost. It's not his fault that they lost. You know, he did he did step out on that two point conversion, but they still would have been down if the, even if they got it. And they could have the only thing they could have done at that point if they got the two point conversion was you know send into overtime. Yeah. So you never know what would happen to overtime. So you can't put the whole blame on Dak right there. It was just a close game. It was a real well fought out game. I don't like that they're blaming the refs for the game. You know, they both Dallas and Philly had 10 penalties called against them. Philadelphia had 93 yards um, against them on penalties, and Dallas had 83 yards against them on penalties. But if you look at the last drive of the game, Dallas got like 70 yards off of penalties. Um, that So they only had to go like 10 yards to get into the end zone at that point, and they still weren't able to do it. So that was a real testament to that defense who was struggling all day against Dak, who was throwing the ball really well. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I'm excited because now we're going to the bye, getting letting our players get healthy. Bradley Roby's coming back off of IR um, this week after the bye. So we're going to get him back. We're going to get Quez back. You know, I'm not, you know, I, you know how I feel about Quez this season. I was a Quez believer before, but, you know, he's setting me down. But I, I'm really excited to get a lot of that speed back that he brings to the offense. Um, Boston Scott will come back, and a lot of these guys that were injured that this week and throughout the season will get a chance to heal. You know, Slay, Hurts is going to be able to heal that knee. So I'm really excited to see what them boys are going to be able to do coming out. You know, because we're going to have a really, really, um, really, I'll say, passionate game the week after the bye, <laughs> going against Kansas City after losing the. Um, Super Bowl. So I hopefully, you know, Bradbury has a little chip on his shoulder because you know what happened at the end of that game with the refs. So hopefully he comes out, plays, balls out. But um, what do you have to say about that game, man? I mean, yeah, I mean, I really can't say much. It was a gritty win, like Jalen Hurts said. Y'all are going into the bye week at 8-1. and one. It's exciting. You got guys coming back. You're going to come back and play the defending Super Bowl champions. So, I mean, I know the last drive of the game, People blaming you on the refs, but at the same time, 86 yards and 46 seconds, you have 56 yards off penalties. But whenever stuff like that happens, you got Bradbury not even looking at the ball, mm-hmm. running into Michael Gallup. There's no there's no better play in the NFL besides an underthrown go route. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I mean, right it's there. free yards every single time. But, I mean, it, it's still exciting for y'all. And I still feel as if... Y'all, y'all are y'all are the best team in the league so far. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts was thugging thugging that leg injury out by the end of the half. Whenever y'all hit the tush push, but I mean, at the same time, the Cowboys they didn't they didn't look too bad. I know 
Dak looked pretty good, 374 yards, a couple of touchdowns. I'm pretty sure he had three, right? Mm-hmm. And one thing I will say, I ain't never seen Jake Ferguson turn up like that. Oh, bro, I remember I bet on him one time, and this man had one catch for <laughs> negative one yard. And watching him go for seven receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown was insane. But one of the things that I even do want to touch on, I know that y'all were at home this week, mm-hmm. and y'all are 4-0 at home this year. Dallas is 2-3 and three away. So Dallas's only losses came from mm-hmm. away games. So we're finna see whenever y'all go back to Dallas. I think that'll be an exciting game over in mm-hmm. December. So ju- just that thing, unless Dallas ends up losing a home game before y'all play, yeah, I think that'll definitely be a situation to look out for. And I definitely think that y'all keep up this hot streak because I, I honestly think y'all be Kansas City next week. I also think so. Are y'all too. at Arrowhead? Um, I'm not sure. I think so, but I'm not 100% sir. sure. Um, yeah. Dallas should get an easy win next week, you know, going against the um, New York Giants, who are out of quarterback. You know, they're on their third-string quarterback right now. So if they find a way to lose that game, um, that's not going to be a great look for Dallas fans. Not but as of, as of right now, you guys should be um, feel, still feeling good about that team. You know, y'all did lose to Philadelphia. We are um, one of the best, if not the best, team in the NFL right now. So um, And you only lost by five points in that game. So y'all should have a lot to look forward to in the upcoming weeks. You know, um, CeeDee C. Lamb's hot. Dak Prescott's hot having two good games. CeeDee's had four good games. So um, just you, Dallas fans have a lot to look forward to. Let's talk about the games of the week. I want to let you go first. What are your three games of the week that you have um, coming up? So the first game I want to say for the games of the week, y'all know me. My, my team's going to be on prime time this week. I'm going to go to the Panthers and the Bears. It'll be... Bryce is young. Bryce Young. I think it's his first game on primetime this year. I think it's mm-hmm. our first and only game on primetime this year. So I'm excited to see. It'll be on Thursday. We get to, you know, see DJ Moore back in action against us. Our DBs are terrible. So it's horrible. Teams. It's <laughs> gonna be two bad teams going against each other. So hopefully we don't. We we're not too bad against this team. I, it's just a matter of fact if we lose to Tyson Bajant, mm-hmm. y'all. If we lose to Tyson Bajant. Either way, that pick is going <laughs> to um, on the Bears. We, so we, we just got to win. They don't care if they win or lose right there. They're getting a good, good draft pick either way. Yeah, but it's just one of those things. That That's a moral thing for me, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, we lose to a guy who went who was at a D2 college, and, and I know some other teams lost to him, but at the same time, I just I couldn't imagine – how much crap would be talked to me <laughs> that night, and, and and I'm finna talk about it on the pod next week if we <laughs> lose. Like, Red's gonna come in, tears in his eyes. No, for real, I might have to take a little video for y'all, like a picture after the <laughs> game in my jersey. I'm gonna be like, y'all ain't no way. But I mean, the the second game I want to talk about it's gonna be the Browns and the Ravens. This AFC North race is one of the craziest things we've seen. We have the Ravens at seven and two. They really should be eight and one, but they ended up selling the bag to the Steelers. But I mean, at the same and time, the yeah, and the Colts. But at the same time, every single other team in the AFC North is five and three, so they are right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, if the if the um, playoff picture ended right now, <clears throat> the season ended right now, all teams in the AFC North are in the playoffs. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I don't think that's happened since the NFC South, like back in 2017. I think it happened, or like at him, like um, actually in the season, like projected. Like actually okay. in the playoffs. Yeah, because it was projected last year, like halfway through the season. I remember because um, the NFC East was in there too. Yeah. And then just that'll be a good game. Another game I have next week, I actually want to go most likely the Lions and the Chargers. That'll definitely be a good game. The Lions are favorite on the road. They just came off of a bye week, so we're going to see them next week. See some fresh legs. So hopefully we're recording this on a Monday, so the Chargers might win, might lose tonight. So just depending on how that goes might be how the game goes next week, but we'll definitely see. Yeah, man, those are some great games, you know. Um, that Browns-Ravens game is going to be really good. You know, they both have really great defenses. And, you know, Ravens are on a hot streak. The Browns are coming off a really good week. Deshaun Watson, you know, had a really good game with Amari Cooper last week. Mm-hmm. Coming off injury, so um, just over time, as Deshaun Watson gets more healthy, that shoulder gets um, healed up a little bit more. Um, excited to see what happens against that team because I feel like that game's going to be a real defensive battle. Yeah. Um, my games of the week, I have Commanders for Seahawks. You know, Sam Howell's coming off a of back-to-back really good weeks, and he's going against the Seahawks team that just had a very bad loss against the Ravens. So the Seahawks are going to have something to prove, a little chip on their shoulder. And um, the Commanders are going to keep it up, right? Um, because we were talking about um, before how how Ron Rivera is on the hot seat. So, you know, um, he's still going to want to keep his job. So he's going to have to keep playing well, make sure that team stays really good, and ho- hopefully try for one of those those um, wild card spots. You know, also have the 49ers and Jaguars. 49ers are coming off a three-game losing streak. And they're, but they're getting some of their key pieces back. I think Trent Williams coming back, mm-hmm. as well as Lebo's going to come back. So those are the really two big pieces in that offense that they need. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy is going to need to stay consistent. You know, Jags have won a lot of close games, so I'm interested to see how they do against a really good football team. You know, because they did lose to two, really two. Um, they lost to Kansas City. You know, which is a really good football team. They lost to the Texans, who. I wouldn't say are a really good football team, but they are a good football team right now. Yeah. But they did beat Buffalo. So, you know, Buffalo, like we said, you know, they are on and off. But um, I'm really interested to see how they play against this really good defense they have in um, San Francisco. The last game I have is the Saints and the Vikings. You know, Josh Dobbs with a whole week of practice, getting the ability to learn the playbook. You know, I'm excited to see what he does against that Saints team. You know, that Saints team have a pretty underrated um, secondary. You know, Tyran Matthews. Marshawn Lattimore, you know, I'm excited to see what he does against that team um, because their O-line isn't the best, and they're going against Cam Jordan, who is one of the better pass rushers in the league, and Demario Davis, who is a, a really good um, middle linebacker in the league. So I'm really excited to see how they do. I don't know if Justin Jefferson's coming back this week or not, but if he... Um, they actually just opened the 21-day window for him. Okay. So he'll definitely be back soon. Probably yeah, yeah, not this week, mm-hmm. but soon. So um, if he is back this week, though, you know, that'll be a really great see Josh Dobbs. Um, Josh Dobbs, you get Justin Jefferson, and you get Jordan Addison, who's been playing really good. I think TJ um, Hawkinson was also hurt. I don't know what his – I forgot what his injury was. I don't know if he's going to come back soon or not. But um, that should be an interesting game. All right, man. Top five NFL teams, you know, the list. What does Stephen A. Smith say? It's always fluid. It's always fluid. The list is fluid. It's changing. So let me let you go ahead and go first. Let's start from five and go down, um, go up to one. Yeah, so I mean, at number five, I have the Detroit Lions. 
they just came off the bye week, but at the same time, I feel like there was no reason to bring them down anymore, especially with some teams losing this past week. Mm-hmm. So I have them at five, and I think definitely next week they'll have a pretty good game. And at number four, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. They came off the bye, too. And Trevor Lawrence doesn't even look like the well-oiled machine that he is. Mm-hmm. And they're, the Jaguars are still proving to be – or at least look like a contender in the AFC. And then at number three, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, the offense doesn't necessarily look the same whenever Patrick Mahomes isn't necessarily on his game, especially whenever Travis Kelsey isn't getting the ball. But that the team, you just can't count out the Chiefs, bro. Mm-hmm. And then you got, I got the Ravens at number two. They are the team to beat in the AFC and I, I'm not sure if the Chiefs play them this year, but that'll definitely be an amazing. I'm pretty sure actually they do play. They might play like November 24th or something. Mm-hmm. But that'll be that would definitely be one of the best games we'll see this year. And at number one, I got Philly for I think the second week in a row. Fly equals fly, baby. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I got Philly at my number one. They've looked consistent. They they've had. Their fair share of scary wins mm-hmm. this year, for sure. And I'm and I've, I've literally seen people on Twitter talking about, thank God we don't have to see Eagles football for two weeks. And I'm like, y'all are eight and one, mm-hmm. and they're like, it's been a stressful eight. And it one. has been stressful. Another another <laughs> stress free game yesterday, bro. I don't, I don't care that it was a stressful eight and one. I'd rather be eight and one than one and seven. So <laughs> I'd rather have a stressful eight and one than a stressful one and seven. Yeah. <laughs> So um, we have all of the same teams, but they are mixed up a little bit. You know, I'm my number five, but I have Kansas City. You know, um, they did win in Germany against the Dolphins. You know, but the Dolphins didn't play great, and the Chiefs didn't play necessarily great either. You know, they had the twenty was it twenty one zero lead at half, or was it twenty one seven? Twenty one seven. Oh yeah, they had a they had the big lead at half. Or no, know? it was twenty one zero because they what's it called? They got that. They f- ended up scoring two touchdowns. Okay, yeah, because yeah, they got that fumble and that fumble turned into that pitch yeah. to the touchdown, which was crazy. But um, you know, the Chiefs' offense is really just not clicking like I really expected it to this season. I really thought that offense. Would stay a little bit consistent because they only really lost a couple of players on that uh, that receiving core, so I really thought it would have stayed about the same as it did last year when they made that Super Bowl run and they had beat us. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not exactly the offense that we've come accustomed to, and I really think that's the one thing that's holding them back a little bit. They're still a top five team in the NFL. I just don't think that they're better than any necessarily better than any of these other teams. Number four, I have the Detroit Lions. You know the Detroit Lions. They're just great, man. I don't know what else to say about them. You know, um, they did lose, had a had a really bad loss against the Ravens a couple weeks ago, but they answered back the week after. Then they went in the trade deadline. They got um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, which is a really underrated receiver in the league that people don't talk about. I really liked him when, he's, when he was in Cleveland, so I'm really excited to see what he's able to do with Jared Goff and them boys over there in Detroit. So I think they got a little bit better at the trade deadline, and they had the bye week to heal up, to rest up a little bit. So I definitely think it's going to be um, them as a serious contender in the NFC going forward. At number three, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, they did lose to the Chiefs early on, and they have had their share of ugly wins. But, you know, they are, what is it, five and two, I believe, What the um, Jaguars. They are six and two, I'm pretty sure. Six and two. Like, they're still a really good football team, and they're up there with one of the best, um, as one of the best teams in 
the AFC. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence is playing pretty good this year. And then I, I obviously think he could play better, especially Calvin really needs to be start playing better. He had that phenomenal week one, mm-hmm. and he kind of just, you know, fell off a little bit throughout the weeks. You fool me once, you can't get fooled again. So, you know, um, I definitely think they need to be a little bit better. But, you know, they are 6-2, and two, so you can't count them out. And um, I think they, right now they are better than the Chiefs offensively, which is really where I'm kind of um, kind of leading. That's why I'm leaning towards them more than the um, Chiefs right now. Defensively is where it gets you, though. That mm-hmm. defense isn't as good as the Chiefs. Yeah. So it's really um, – they're all really good teams. So I, I like how we all have, we have the same three teams in the same – three area so it's really just it could really change around the more the more you get to that the more you get to the end of the season mm-hmm. the more consistent teams stay the more they gel together yeah. the teams are going to stay the same mm-hmm. so our top two teams are exactly the same i have the baltimore ravens at two you know the best team in the afc right now and i really don't think it's a competition mm-hmm. them boys are looking crazy lamar is um one of the two top um mvp candidates right now and top then, one. Top two. Top one. Top two. Top one. Top two. You already know who I have at that I, other spot. I know you have because to the other spot, but Lamar should definitely win it around. I, I'm saying top two. Hurts playing incredible, man. On the banged up knee. And then um, if you take Jalen Hurts out, out of that team, that's, I'll talk about that later. I'll talk about it if I get to my number one spot. Right now I'm talking about number two. They're looking great. They're looking incredible. OBJ scored his first touchdown in like 600 days or whatever. You know, and then, you know, he was frustrated the week before because he yeah. was getting – he didn't score yet. But, you know, that defense is legit. That offense is legit. So, just going forward, that team is really going to be the one um, we're going to see deep in the playoffs. Probably gonna be, it's probably going to be a Chiefs-Ravens team, um, AFC championship, if I'm, not, if I'm being 100% honest. Hopefully, it's a Ravens-Eagles Super Bowl. I feel like that would be super exciting. And um, I feel like that's – That'd be one of the most exciting um, Super Bowls that we have had in the past few years. Yeah. But, you know, number one, I have my boy. I have them boys. Philly, Philly, baby. Philly, Philly. And the other MVP candidate um, front runner is Jalen Hurts. You know, I feel like I think those two are, I think right now in the betting, in the betting um, right now is Jalen Hurts at one. Then they have, I think they have Patrick Mahomes at two for some reason. That's and crazy. then Lamar, which is crazy. Which <laughs> they need is, to refresh that. Yeah, it should just be Lamar <laughs> and Hurts right now. Because I, no matter if you think Lamar isn't number one or Hurts is number one or if they're both number one, those are one and two for sure. So I think that um, Philadelphia is the best team in football. Their defense, their secondary is playing really bad, has been playing really bad recently. I'll say that. You, w- you would think that Kevin Byard would improve that secondary a little bit. Um, but, you know, we still have one of the better um, pass rushes in the league. We still have one of the best O-lines in the league, if not the best O-line in the league. We have one of the best um, receiving duos in the league, if not the best receiving duo in the league. And we have arguably a top three quarterback at their position, you know, manning the, uh, manning the, manning the boat, right? So I really think that if everything goes right and we stay on this pace and we stay consistent, that we're going to see Philadelphia back in the Super Bowl this year. And if we see him again in the Super Bowl this year, you know they're not going to lose again in the Super Bowl. They're not losing back-to-back in the Super Bowl. That's crazy. So I'm saying that now, right now. You hear me? <laughs> Philadelphia makes it to the Super Bowl. We're winning no matter what. I don't care who the other team is. I don't care if it's the Ravens. I don't care if it's the Chiefs. I don't care if it's the Jaguars. I don't care who it is. Philly winning the bowl this year. If we don't win the bowl this year, 
I don't even know. You can think of a punishment for me. I don't care. <laughs> oh, I definitely most will. <laughs> Since now that's on the pod, I will think of a punishment. <laughs> but even I want to talk about the Ravens again. I want to give a huge shout-out. Geno Stone has mm. been one of the best safeties in the league this year. I know y'all saw that Geno to Geno connection. Yes, the Geno <laughs> to Geno connection was insane this weekend. And he has six picks off nine games. Mm-hmm. And I think and, he's leading right now the NFL yeah, in um, interceptions. Leading the NFL in interceptions. And just watching, watching this defense almost basically being led by him and Marlon Humphrey and he was even like, excuse my French, but we're a bunch of assholes. And as a defense, if you are if you aren't <laughs> like that, I mean, they've mm-hmm. literally been killing people. Like they held that Seahawks offense to three points. Mm-hmm. So it's bro, it's just like that's what your defense should be doing every week. And if you feel that way about your defense, then that's most definitely gonna get you places. You know, you being an offensive line guy, you love seeing, you know, the offensive line do really well and whatnot. And me being a secondary guy, I love seeing great secondaries in the league, you know. So definitely seeing the Ravens' um, secondary play is just great, you know. That's why I have such a hard time watching the Eagles' secondary play because, you know, they were (laughs) so good last year. And I know, and like, um, especially with some of these penalties, because, you know, yesterday we got a lot of holding calls called against us on the defensive secondary, which was making me really frustrated just because, Every DB holds in the league, no matter if it's the NFL, the college football, high school football, I held when I was playing DB. Like, all all um, good DBs hold. It's just how how much they hold. Like, I feel like a lot of those calls you can get away with because it's not so much yeah. at the line of scrimmage. But um, I feel like, especially how we played yesterday when we had all those holding calls where it was really bad, it's just like I need to see secondary play really good and that's what and um that's what I'm seeing over there in Baltimore right now. Most definitely. And that's gonna go ahead and wrap up our podcast. And if you tuned in, if you were tapped in this whole time, I want to say thank you. If you were able to tune in last week, I want to say thank you too. And we will be back. We are going to drop another one Friday. Yes sir. So we will be back Friday. And that's all I got. Do you got anything to say? No, I just appreciate you guys tuning in whenever you guys can, whether it's weekly, whether you tune in every day, or if you tune in, you know, every other week. You know, we just appreciate you guys tuning in, um, supporting us. We really appreciate it. And um, that's about it, man. Yes, appreciate sir. y'all. Pod will be out on all plats soon. We'll post about it. And our socials are J Tendencies Pod. So follow us on there. And we will see y'all next time. Thank y'all. Thank you, guys.